Welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Hope you are doing unbelievable. I've got some real positive news to tell you. First off, the show that we did last week, four-part series on the coming economic collapse, got a tremendous number of listens. I mean, I can't believe how many people have downloaded the show and how many new listeners we have. So to all of you who are now part of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show family, welcome. It is a great honor to have you with us. Second piece of news is that the Mental Health News Radio Network has officially added the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show to their lineup. Mental Health News Radio Network is a prestigious organization. They do some of the best shows in the world about psychology, and they contacted us and they said that they saw a lot of benefit in having the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show on their network because we focus a lot on psychology. So this is another huge honor. So a lot of great things are happening for our show. Now... This particular show we're going to focus on is actually all about positive energy. We have a person who's the leading expert in the world on positive energy, how to think positive, how to manifest great things in your life, including a ton of money so you can go out and drink a lot of margaritas on the beach this weekend. Let us begin tonight's program. Joining us now is David Essel. He is a number one best-selling author. That's 10 books. He's a counselor, master life coach, international speaker, and radio host whose mission is to positively affect 2 million people or more every day. I have to say, that is a commendable goal because all I want to do is not drive my wife crazy, and this gentleman wants to affect 2 million people in a positive-like <laughs> manner. Tell him about Mr. Essel. I go to his website at davidessel.com. Mr. Essel, welcome to the program. Thank you for being with us today. Ryan, it is so great to be with you. Thank you. Yes. And that goal of 2 million people has increased. Four years ago, it was 500,000 a day, and now we're up to 2 million. And it's a great goal, and we're having a blast doing it. Gee, so I, I'm curious, how do you affect 2 million people Did Do you find 2 million people, and you start slipping them $100 bills and say, here you go, here you go? I mean, what is your – how do you do it? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, like today, this is our third radio interview of the day. We, we do constant radio and television interviews, which reach huge audiences. So that's number one. Number two, we have about 1,200 free videos on personal growth on YouTube. And hundreds of thousands of people go and watch the, the YouTube videos. You know, we have 10 books, um, number one bestsellers. We've sold so many books, right? So just through those things that I'm mentioning, we reach millions of people a day, and it's, it's because of people like you that reach out and say, let's get this guy's thoughts on how we can improve our lives. That's how we reach 2 million people or more every day. Well, you must be psychic because that was one of the first questions I was going to ask you is how <laughs> – what are some of the tips and advice that you would offer to someone to remain positive? And I say this because I have to say, I'm kind of a cynical person. I think the whole world's pretty much nuts. A lot of people are crazy. There's, you know, comets going around. But yet you seem to have this, you know, profound positive attitude. So how do you remain positive in the middle of a crazy world? And what tips, tips can you offer people to take that positive attitude and manifest the great things in life? Yeah, Ryan, it's a great question. Number one is who do you hang out with? You know, if we look around, and, and I, as a counselor and a life coach, I give my clients, all my clients get this exercise at some point in our work, is I'll say, write down the seven to ten people that you hang out with, text, email, call, meet, on a regular basis. And then next to their names, write down if they're outrageously successful and positive, if they're somewhat successful and positive, if they're successful and somewhat negative, you know, and and I have them judge, and 80% of people will come back with their eyes wide open going, I can't believe it. Of the 10 people I communicate with the most every month, eight of them are gossipers, conspiracy theorists. They're, they're constantly negative. They're con and I never noticed it, David. So the number one way that we can keep our groundedness, Ryan, our spirit strong, our mind body strong, is by evaluating who we're with cutting back on those people that aren't bringing things to the table that are positive so that you can open space for new people to come in that will bring more energy and positivity to your life. So that's number one. Number two, daily rituals. I believe, and we write in our, our, our latest number one bestseller is called Focus, Slay Your Goals. 
endorsed by Jenny McCarthy, the celebrity, and millions of other people. In there, we talk about rituals. Most important thing, I think, in regards to daily rituals is what we do the first 45 minutes to an hour every day. Those people that have the best attitude, regardless of what's going on in White House, politics, economy, etc., the people that have the greatest attitude, Ryan, are those individuals that wake up and they have a ritual. They don't wake up and turn on CNN or Fox. They don't grab the newspaper. They don't go check the nonsense on social media. They actually wake up, and the first ritual might be grabbing their juice or tea or coffee and sitting down and praying meditating, journaling, reading something motivational in nature. You know, so if I just stop there, who we hang out with and what we do the first hour of every day, 90% of your audience's attitudes would improve within 30 days, guaranteed. Wow. Now, when it comes to hanging out, I wanted to be talking about people that are close to you. There are some individuals who really don't have a lot of contact with the outside world because people are constantly on Facebook, they're constantly on social media. So how do you determine the level of a success a person um, – how do you gauge a person if you don't see them face-to-face, if you're only communicating with them through email? Do they have the same power influence over you if you're only communicating with them via you know, social media? Well, 30 years ago, before social media was, was, was a part of our daily existence – I would say to you that you had to be engaged, you know, physically, because that's what the world was like, meeting for lunch, meeting for coffee, those kind of things. I, I think that's just the way the world worked. 30 years later, 2018, we're looking at many people that on a weekly basis may not have very much social interaction. That's something that has to change. If it means joining a meetup group, you know, all over the country, there's meetup groups on spirituality, personal growth, dance, photography, et cetera. I think we need to be out more. We've become isolators, many of us. And in our isolation, we take what's going on in the media verbatim. So, and, you know, the media is just all about mass consciousness. It's just feeding us a bunch of crap. And even though we are the media, Ryan, right? Like, you know, there's, there's just so much nonsense out there. And I think a lot of people have isolated themselves so much that their only interaction is Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. And so we have to get back into actually face-to-face meetings. And this is where I think places like meetup groups are, are phenomenal. The other thing is mastermind groups, um, you know, Toastmasters, which is an organization that's been around forever, helping people learn how to communicate better, speak better. There's all kinds of options out there, but we've got to pull ourselves away from the Internet. You know, I think it was um, Stephen King wrote recently in the New York Times about he was – going through the LAX, Los Angeles airport. And he said the saddest thing that he saw was almost zero human eye contact. Everyone was walking, looking at their phone, seated, looking at their phone, eating, looking at their phone. Oh, zombies. The zombie. Yeah, and he said it, break, it breaks his heart, you know, and, and, and I agree with him. So we have to make a conscious effort to shatter the addiction to electronic media in order to become more free, more grounded, more at peace. In addition to the people who are currently in your life, the inner circle, how would you compare that to the types of media that you engage with or that you view on a regular basis? Because you made an excellent point. There are a lot of people there that are walking around. They're in their phones. I say, in my business PR, I spend a lot of time on the phone, and I'm constantly looking to find that next email. So I spend quite a bit of time, in, you know, on the online. But as far as the types of activity you view or the types of material that you read, how would you compare that as far as uh, influence? If I look at the, the people, in, you know, the people in my life that I'm either counseling or coaching, or those individuals that are friends of mine. All the, the most successful people in the world, I'm not just talking about finances, but finances is a huge r- role in regards to being successful. But the most successful people, Ryan, I don't have individuals talking to me about politics. You know, there's, there's, there's a client of mine that earns $10 million a year. We do our work together, and then at the end of our session, we just talk about family, et cetera, et cetera. There isn't once in the last four years that he's been my client that he's ever talked politics. You know, like, we just don't go there. And I look at my mentor, Joe Cerulli, 
who went from homeless to multimillionaire. The guy is amazing. When him and I talk, there's no conspiracy, gossip. There's So I have brought into my life a circle of both clients and friends and social network people who are not about what it seems like most of America is about. Now, there are people that want to communicate with me and want to be in the circle, and when they come in initially, if they start talking this stuff, like, do you believe that X did Y and blah, 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 I just immediately shut it down because that's not furthering anyone's growth. I look at the type of things, Ryan, that are out there. You know, what I get in my email box every day that I selectively bring in is usually some kind of philosophical thought process, a spiritual thought process. You know, there's all kinds of great newsletters out there that have nothing to do with conspiracy, government, you know, all this crap that, that's surrounding us. I think we have to be super selective. Look at your inbox. So one of my clients the other day from the West Coast, I was trying to help her get more balance. She just went through a divorce. And I asked her to look at the emails that she gets in on a daily basis that she signed up for. 50% of them were from, like, Saks Fifth Avenue, you know, getting her to buy shit, right? Like, 50% were, were people trying to take her money. She, of course, she signed up for these newsletters, so it's not their fault. And then uh, another 25% was a bunch of government bashing, blah, blah, blah. And when we looked at it, 25% of what comes into her email box on a daily basis was healthy. 75% was not. So when I said to her, do you think this has anything to do with your struggling with your attitude? Divorce is tough, but look at what you're watching and listening to. And these are the kind of things, Ryan, we need to look at. Remove first the negativity from your existence, which will open up space for positive things to come in. You know, I think that's awesome. I really think that I'm glad you pointed that out. But as far as the negativity goes, I don't know. I guess the reality that I'm in because I'm in, I'm in a, the, the PR business because I'm also doing the show, I'm, I'm constantly open to all this information. And some information is very positive. Some information is negative. And I can't help but the fact that the negative information comes up. So if you're somebody who's perpetually curious, if you're open to seeing the world as it is and just, you know, not judging anything but seeing as it is, and you do happen to come across information that is considered negative, how do you disempower the negative information from getting into your conscious and subconscious and, and causing it to disempower you from being your personal best? Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question, okay? That, that is literally a brilliant question. And the answer is going to be quite simple. If what you're bringing in that we would term gossip, conspiracy, negative information is equal to or larger than the information you're bringing in that's positive and uplifting, you're screwed. You're screwed. And let me tell you why. We have the conscious mind and we have the subconscious mind. The conscious mind is the mind of intent. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to read positive stuff in the morning. I'm going to listen to this guy, David Essel, and start my mornings off with 30 minutes. I can't do an hour, but I can do 30 minutes of journaling and reading and positivity. So that's the conscious mind. The conscious mind listening to Ryan right now is saying, geez, I never thought about this. I not only read a lot of negative stuff, I gossip with my friends. I've got a bunch of friends that are gossipers, and I really got to cut down the amount of time with them. That sounds great. But if you've been 5, 10, 15, 25 years engaged in the same activity that you are right now, reading half of the stuff that comes into your life is, is about negativity and judgment and gossip, the subconscious mind is going to be one big bear to turn around because here's the role of the subconscious. The subconscious is obviously underneath consciousness. You can't put your brain into the subconscious mind. It's impossible to. You can rethink and go, yeah, yesterday I set this intention to go to the gym. i got to remember to do that. But all along, the subconscious mind has been a sponge. And whatever you feed it, it wants. It's an addiction. It wants more negativity. It wants more judgment. So while your conscious mind is listening to the show saying, I need to cut this out, there's going to be withdrawal. The subconscious mind tomorrow morning when you wake up and go, I'm going to put 30 minutes into this, the subconscious is going to go, wait a minute, for 10 years we've checked Facebook every day. Let's check Facebook first. Then we'll meditate. 
35 minutes later, you're going to go, crap, I don't have time to meditate. That's not the role of the conscious mind's fault. The subconscious creates a pattern. You feed it a pattern. Once you've fed that pattern, it can be nicotine, alcohol, sugar, or negative news. Ryan, it will fight like hell to keep you in that pattern. Anyone who's ever struggled with an addiction knows what I'm saying is true. They logically wake up and say, you know what, that's it. I'm not drinking anymore. And at 8 o'clock at night, you're just going to have one that leads to seven. So give yourself patience, but don't let yourself off the hook. You have to repetitively do a new pattern for at least six months before the subconscious accepts it as reality for you, and then it's going to be effortless to meditate every morning, to read positive stuff. But whenever the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, wait, before we start journaling in the morning, let's just check my social media feed, you have to be willing to say no and realize that's the power of the subconscious mind. Okay. That's awesome because I feel I've done a lot of work with the subconscious and I feel like it's a, it's a challenge because I think once you go in there, you think that's the reason why a lot of people struggle financially because even though on a conscious level they're, they're actively seeking to make the decisions with the hope and expectation that they can improve the quality of, of their life, if they've struggled a lot in their life, if they've had a lot of experiences that have been negative with the money, that the subconscious mind, theoretically speaking, or maybe has exerts its will and it's going to take a hell of a lot more effort on the conscious level to reverse what's been built up in the subconscious mind for all those years? You nailed it, Ryan. And, and here's the, the most interesting thing about the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind cannot differentiate between a habit that's healthy or a habit that's not healthy. It does not have that power. All it knows is, is on Friday night, when you get your paycheck, you've worked your butt off all week long, you deserve fill in the blank. It's Saturday. You deserve fill in the blank. Now, you might not be able to afford fill in the blank, but the subconscious says, wait a minute, this is what we always do. You know, I am um, a fully recovered alcoholic cocaine addict. In, in the work that I do for the past almost 40 years, Ryan, I've only been about helping people to grow. But for 25 years, I was a raging alcoholic and cocaine addict. It didn't matter logically that I knew this was extremely unhealthy for me to do. It didn't matter logically that I was living two different lives. It didn't matter because the subconscious kept saying, this is what successful people do, David. You deserve this. You work 10 to 12 hours a day. Cooking back at night with a bottle of wine, that's what successful people do. I had a shatter. It wasn't a hard thing to accept. Logically, I needed to quit both. <laughs> it was pretty simple. But the temptation Friday night came, my friends called, oh, God, I can't say no to them. I'm at a networking event, and a client that I really want to work with said, hey, let's go grab a drink after dinner. I want the sale. I'm going to grab a drink. That's what the subconscious is saying, right? So I had to take a big breath and realize, and for the, the example you gave about financial people that struggle financially, we have to take a big breath and realize that that purchase of something that is a want, not a need, is going to put us further in a credit card debt. That credit card debt is going to create stress with our partner, our children, or internal guilt and shame. And we need to be able to shatter the subconscious mind. When we say one day at a time, we mean one day at a time. But the other thing I want to mention is this. There are very few people, Ryan, who are strong enough that can do this work on their own. When, when I decided and finally made the conscious decision to get help, it took 365 days of working with other professionals for me to become completely sober for life. That whole nonsense, you know, once an addict, once an alcoholic, always an addict, always an alcoholic is absolute BS. We, millions of us have proven it on a daily basis. You know, when I look at um, Susie Orman, the great financial guru, and when, God, it was about 1992, the first time I interviewed her, she was just breaking out into the scene big time. She had made money. Her office manager had embezzled every penny. She went Jeez. on vacation, and she came back to zero in her bank account. This, what Susie Orman, Ryan, had to work so hard to get her mojo back 
to get her feeling that she could create wealth again, to let go of her rage and anger at her office manager. And when I interviewed her on the show, I said, how did you do it? Like, how did you forgive the office manager? Because you, you have to. You know, someone cheats on you, you've got to forgive them. Someone steals from you, it's up to you to forgive them. It really is if you want that inner peace. And so she said, David, against my greatest will, I decided to work with a professional like you to forgive my office manager so I could find peace. Then I had to shatter the victimhood. You know, that, that message that I've been screwed over and life isn't fair. And she goes, I had to get out of that, but I could never have done this on my own. And that's what I tell people, Ryan, all the time. I could have never gotten sober years ago by myself. I could never have turned my financial situation around into something as abundant as it is today if I didn't have coaches and teachers in my corner. The subconscious mind, remember, this is so important. It cannot differentiate between healthy or unhealthy habits. Whatever we feed it over a number of months or years, it just wants to keep that train rolling. That's where it takes an accountability partner to help you set up a plan to shatter the beliefs and the patterns in the subconscious that are holding you back in life. Awesome. David, I love the answer. And if we're going to look at the subconscious mind, like a computer, just to say it's yeah. you know, completely different, What if you throw enough positive thoughts, feelings, words at it, if you read enough books about attaining financial success or attaining peace – Eventually, will eventually your subconscious mind respond and react because you are putting more positive energy, more pieces of wisdom in there, as opposed to negative energy, as opposed to sitting there watching reality TV shows. I mean, if you read more books on positive energy and wisdom as opposed to watching reality shows, is your life automatically going to change by default because you are outweighing your subconscious mind with more more uh, good energy? Ryan, you have the best questions, and here's a surprising answer. The answer is no. Really? The subconscious mind cannot be turned around by thinking or reading. It, it's amazing. You how know, do, like how do you turn it around? If you look at books like The Secret and The Law of Attraction, which are 80% nonsense, I mean, they are just 80% <laughs> BS. Oh, it's a joke. Hey, Ryan, i got a great story for yeah. you, right out of The Secret. So one of my buddies is Dr. Joe Vitale. Joe Vitale was a star of The Secret. And in The Secret, it says that Joe was homeless, which he was, and he imagined checks coming in the mail and being a millionaire, and he did that. And in The Secret, it stops there and says, and then he became a freaking millionaire, and checks started coming in the mail. It is a bunch of crap. So I have Joe on the show, and, you know, I've been in this business, like I said, almost 40 years, and, I, and I'm laughing, and I love Joe, and he knows I love him so much. And I said, Joe, I love you, dude, but I have a big problem with this thing called the secret. It says that you were homeless. You imagine checks coming in the mail, and oh, my God, they came in the mail. So I, I was with, um, at that time, uh, I, I was with Sirius XM. And I said, hey, listen, Joe, we've got a couple million people listening to us right now, and what I want you to do is take us through this magical thought process where we can all get checks in the mail. And he started laughing. He goes, David, that's, uh, well, that's not the whole story. That's not what happened. I said, no kidding, Joe. Tell me what happened. I'm shocked. <laughs> he goes, okay, so here's the real deal. I was homeless. I was using positive thinking and praying to, to get a big financial break. And I did because I got a job. And I got a job in 1995 in Internet marketing when Internet marketing was brand new. David, I worked seven, seven days a week, 12 hours a day for a number of years, and I made my first million dollars. And the secret found out that I was homeless and became a millionaire, and they took this tiny segment of my story, and they didn't put anything in the movie about me working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. So... You see, Ryan, that's why, like, when I say the secret and the law of attraction, they just make me puke. Well, I'm, I, I'm glad you pointed that out because when I saw the secret, I was watching it, and I, I was I was 
thinking to myself, like, am I the only person that doesn't understand this? This is It's like you really think that people were guarding this secret and getting killed over a sheet of paper that says, hey, if you think about something and you work for it, you can have it. Is it, was it really that big of a secret? It seems logical. <laughs> oh, what? Are you serious? If you, if you have an idea and you work, you can have no way. But it, it made it seem like there was like this like ancient like wisdom or something that could control the world. But I'm glad you pointed that out. So. Well, you know, I mean, the sad thing that they said is that they, nowhere in the secret does it say you have to work hard. All it says is you put thoughts out into the universe, and the universe must bring your thoughts to you. It's a bunch of crap. So when you ask the question, Ryan, if you read enough positive books, if you listen to enough positive podcasts, can you change the subconscious mind? And the answer is no. All right, and how do you Because do the only way that you're going to radically alter your addiction is to stop the addiction and add positive thoughts. The only way you're going to radically change your financial situation is to quit spending money you don't have. These are called action steps. Secondly, add positive thoughts. The only way you're going to lose weight, God, in our brand new book, Focus, Slay Your Goals, I put the story in about Evelyn Keeley, my friend. She lost 245 pounds, okay, 245 pounds. Now, she didn't magically think her way, although she's a positive thinker. The reason that she lost 245 pounds is because she decided to quit eating crap food. She quit eating convenience food. She only ate pure, clean diets like a bodybuilder in her late 40s. This is such an incredible, inspiring story, Ryan. In her late 40s, she had finally reached the goal of losing 245 pounds. In her mid-50s, she walked on stage in Las Vegas in front of 15,000 screaming fans as a bodybuilder in her 50s. There's a picture of her on one side of the stage in Vegas sitting in a wheelchair because she couldn't walk. Her legs couldn't support her. And then here she comes out the other side of the stage in her 50s as a freaking bodybuilder. Is she positive? Yes. So what we say in all of our books is here's the formula. Massive success for you, for every listener to Ryan right now, is possible if 80% of your effort is doing action steps on a daily basis you don't want to do, and 20% of your success will come from having a positive attitude. But there's no way that you're going to change your financial situation by reading positive books on money. Or, and there's, there's, there's nothing changing unless you're willing to do the work that most people don't want to do, Ryan. Okay, so I just want to pause you right there, David, because I love it. So should, should we, right now, for people listening, should we take a list of things that we don't want to do and say, look, of all the things you don't want to do, you do 80% of that, and then you take the rest off and do 20% whatever you want to do? So this is what we say in our book. Choose one goal that you've procrastinated on, that you've denied, delayed, that you don't want to you know, do anything about. Is it an addiction? Is it your weight? Is it money? Is it a love relationship issue? What is it? Just choose the biggest, baddest goal, Ryan, that you've procrastinated on for a number of months or years, and only go after that one major goal. Put 80% of effort into physical steps that suck. Okay, I can't put it any other way. <laughs> and here's the coolest thing. In the beginning, it's going to be hard as heck to do this. Over time, even as quickly as 90 days, if you do what you'd rather not do 90 straight days in a row, you will start to see not only a physical end result of weight loss or a drop in the addiction or even in 90 days of watching your money, you can start to see money you've never had all of a sudden in your account because you're not blowing it on ridiculous spending, your self-esteem and confidence will be boosted because you're doing things that you'd rather not do. It's, it is the formula for massive success. And every major all-star that we have talked to, my clients that I write about in our books, Angela doubled her income in 90 days. She had a high school education, Ryan. She worked at a bank she hated Everyone told her she'll always be making minimum wage because all she has is a high school education. In 90 days, this is 10 years ago, she got a job offer at double her income. And how did that happen? At the end of her eight hours of work, 
She came home exhausted because she hated her bank work so much. And I had two hours of homework for her every night, networking, redoing resumes. She didn't want to do it, but she hired me. She was accountable. At the end of 90 days, I'm in New York City speaking at this huge event. I get off stage. There's like 10 messages from Angela. Call me, call me, call me. I'm thinking something terrible happened. I call her, and she's freaking out that she just got a job at double her income, still with a high school education. Yeah. That's really awesome. So, it's got, so it really comes down to – you think it, it comes down to taking the right actions. But if you have convinced in your subconscious – let's say, for example, you commit to the idea, I want to focus on this goal. I'm committed to the goal. Will the actions, theoretically speaking, more or less appear before you where you instinctively know what the actions to take based on how convinced you are in your subconscious mindset of uh, where the goal is? No, not necessarily at all, Ryan. Another okay. great question. You. You, you, you have to find someone that will help create a plan with you of what steps to take. Like, like So we teach a financial freedom course. It's 10 weeks long. The biggest shock to everyone who takes the course, and we, we teach it with people from all over the world via Skype, the biggest shock is the, there's, the, there's four areas that we work with to help people become financially free. Income, increasing income is the third area. We don't even talk about income for weeks because you can, you know, like, like you remember that Gallup poll study about 20 years ago with lottery winners? is 60% of people that win the lottery are bankrupt in five years. Yeah. So it's not about increasing income. The first step is, what are my real beliefs about money? And there's all kinds, good and bad. The second thing is going to be, what am I doing with my expenses that's terrible? Because when you start reining in your expenses, you automatically have a greater value of your current income. So people are always shocked. Ryan, because they think in a financial freedom course, we're going to start out talking about how to earn more money. But I tell people, if we start there and you don't understand the beliefs and you don't change the subconscious belief system about money, you could double your income and you're going to be screwed in 12 months. You'll be right back to the same financial situation you're in right now. So it's all about getting the right direction. And most of us, when it comes to weight loss and it comes to money or love or forgiveness or addiction recovery, we need someone who's going to hold our feet to the fire, an accountability partner that we report to so we don't let the subconscious take over and suck us back into the vortex of old behavior. Awesome. Okay. So definitely the work on that. And I just want to point out that in addition to your, some of your recent books, you have a really I mean, you have 10 great books and one of them talks about working with God and finding your, your sole purpose with God. Can you just talk about your relationship with God, what you've come to know God as, what your relationship is, and how that has actually um, had a substantial impact on your growth as a person? Oh, my God. Well, you know, my spiritual path is extremely important to me. It always has been. You know, the book that you're talking about, I've got to tell this brief story. It's called Rockstar, Finding God's Purpose for Your Life. I was living in Sarasota, Florida. I live in Florida right now. At that time, I was living in this tiny little Gulf Coast uh, area called Sarasota, and I'd run uh, by this park every day, and it's a park where the homeless congregated. And there was always this guy that would stop me, and he'd say, hey, you know, um, do you have an extra dollar or two? And I'd look at him, and I'd go, and his name, you know, I found out over time his name was Mark, and I'd go, Mark, great to see you. And because of his obliterated state every day, he said, have we met before? And I'd go, yeah, every day, Mark. And every day I tell you the same thing. When I run, I don't have money on me. You know, I wish I did. I'd give you a couple dollars for a sandwich, but I don't. So one day I'm running, and he stops me again, and I start laughing. You know, Ryan, now, now it's just gotten funny. And I put my hand in my pocket, and I said, oh, my God, I have a dollar in here. And I pulled it out, and I handed it to him, and I, I blessed it, and I gave it to him. I said, use it for your highest good. And as I handed it to him, Ryan, I go, oh, crap, it's a five. And by then it was too late. I go, I can't take it back. So I gave him the five, and he goes, thank you so much. You know, and then also he goes, wait a minute, sir. And I said, what? He goes, this is a $5 bill. I said, I know. I thought it was a one. Listen, please use it for your best, your highest good. And he goes, I can't take this amount of money without giving you something in return. 
And and Ryan, he starts going through his knapsack, right? I go, Mark, whatever you have in there, trust me, you need it more than I do. Don't worry about it. You know, next time I see you, you know, you can tell me thank you again, but just use it for your best interest. And he said, I'll tell you what. I make really great stories up on the spot. I'm going to give you a story in exchange for your $5 bill. I said, Mark, how long does the story take? He goes, five minutes. I said, okay, go. Ryan, he told me this most amazing freaking story about the life of a rock and the rock's relationship with God. I was spellbound because, you know, I'm a, a minister. I'm a former pastor of a church amongst the many things I do. I'm sitting there going, this is God talking to me. This is not a homeless man. This is freaking God dressed up in drag as a homeless man. He gave me the most amazing story, and I looked at him, and I go, Mark, that was incredible. And he starts laughing. He goes, I know. I do it all the time. And I said, I'm going to put that into a book. He goes, great. And I go, and I'm going to give you credit. He said, awesome. A number of years later, we put it into a book, and, and Ryan, it became a number one bestseller. And, and it's due to Mark, and I give him credit in the book like I said I would. But, you know, my, my relationship with God is one of the reasons that I'm sober today. It's one of the reasons that we set goals of reaching numbers of people versus a certain income. You know, a number of years ago, we changed it from having all these goals around money, which is great. You know, for people that have financial goals every year, keep doing it. But what I found for us was that if we reach higher numbers of people every year through my service work, which I believe is my spiritual work, what I'm doing right now is my spiritual work, we know that the rest will be taken care of. We know the finances will always come in. So my devotion to God started years ago, and it's when I get up every day, I pray for the world. I pray for the pain, the suffering. I pray for my clients. I pray for the division in our country. You know, like every day, it's about my spiritual connection with God. And, and I say to God every day, fill me with more creative ideas to positively lift more people today. And it's a prayer that I do every morning. And I, for me, Ryan, and I don't ever tell anyone that people have to have a spiritual path, but for me, it's made the biggest difference in the world with my sobriety and with my, my service and the number of people we reach. That's wonderful. That's really awesome. And as far as person's relationship with God go, there are people who are religious. There are people who are spiritual. There are people who say, okay, I believe that God is a maybe in, taking the form of you and being communicates. How would you describe – how, how can a person have a relationship with God and not have any type of formal uh, religious background? Can you have a relationship with God and just be you and God and kind of work together? How can that work if you don't have any kind of religious or spiritual uh, beliefs? Well, I think thoughts of gratitude can be looked at as a spiritual practice. Um, I mentioned earlier, you know, that I, I pray for people in the world struggling. I, you know, you don't have to use the word prayer. You could wake up every day and say, I'm going to send positive energy out for people that are struggling, um, who are abused, who are neglected, who are addicted. You know, like, like you can send positive energy out instead of using the word prayer that I use. Someone could just decide they're going to take 30 seconds, three, three minutes, an hour every morning and, and, and try to lift the world via thought. You can let people in front of you in traffic, which I know scares the hell out of most of us. You know, actually, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be, you can start to become more conscious, conscious in, in, in your day to day living. You know, I, I was leaving the gym today and this is something I think my parents taught me. So it's just ingrained in me, but, as I'm going out, I always turn, I hold the door as I'm leaving, and I turn and look behind me. It's something I've done as a little kid. And, Ryan, I'm going to tell you probably 50% of the time, you know, you see people walking out of a store, and they just push the door open, and they don't look behind them. And right behind them is an 80-year-old woman with her arms filled with stuff, and she's got to wait and turn around and use her back to open the door. 
I'm walking out of the gym and I just did what I always do, which is being conscious, which is part of my work with God. People could say it's part of just being a conscious human being. And as I turn around, there's a guy with an oxygen tank on his back and a walker who I never saw. I, I had to walk right by him. I just didn't recognize him. And he's stumbling his way to the door. And I said to myself, I'm so glad I'm the guy at the door. Because I always turn around and look. And those are the type of moves we can make if you don't want to believe in God or religion or spirituality. That's the way you can have a greater impact on this world. Awesome. And this is growth that says we only get what we give in life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that if you are um, more altruistic with your time, if you're pushing a lot of positive energy out, if you're giving whatever you can to other people, that you generally become, uh, become into a pattern where you give out positive energy, positive energy comes back. Do you, have you found that? Do you believe that? Well, we're talking kind of about karma here, right? Mm -hmm. Or karma or just being in the flow. I, mean, I know that um, it's funny you were talking about the law of attraction, about saying, okay, well, you don't believe it, or that a lot of people are saying they don't believe it. But I have to tell you, my personal experience is if I'm, being, if, if I'm generally nicer to people, I just find that it, I, I tend to gravitate towards other nicer people. I don't understand why. It, it just happens. I just something I've observed. So I'm curious, from your perspective, if when doing good things, if when thinking about positive things, will you, you know, by default, theoretically speaking, come into contact with other people like that? Well, I think the odds increase, yes, but it's not a guarantee. And, and let me give you a story out of our new book, or actually it's our, the, the second to the last book. <laughs> You're going to love this title, Ryan. Positive thing, and this is another one of our number one bestsellers. It's called Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will. In there, we tell stories after stories, and one of my favorite is about Scarlett Lewis, a friend of mine out of Connecticut. Scarlett was, and she still is to this day, just a Mother Teresa in this world. She is one of the gentlest, kindest people you'll ever meet. Uh, she had two sons, Jesse and JT. Uh, and, and, you know, when we think of doing good, Scarlett has only done good in her life, and Jesse has only done good in his life, and JT and you know, we're talking about Jesse as a six-year-old and JT as a 15-year-old. I mean, you want to talk about a family that puts out good vibes only. Jesse was one of the massacre victims at the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre. Six years of age, and, and I'm getting chills, and I, I sometimes I get very emotional telling this story, even though it's almost six years old, Ryan. He was massacred because he stood up in the classroom, ran across the front, screaming for everyone to get underneath their desks. I am. I'm so sorry that uh, for you and for the family. And, you know, when, uh, and Scarlett, I mean, she is, but I, I give that example because we can be great people, Ryan, and we can have crap happen to us. There is an advantage to doing what you said, and that is to being kind and nice to people. And there is a great chance that you could attract like-minded people. It's not guaranteed I highly advise it over the alternative, which is becoming jaded, negative, etc. But that's one of my concerns about the world of positive thinking is that, you know, people go, geez, I do all this good stuff for others, and, and, and how come I'm not rewarded financially? How come I do all this good stuff? And, and there's no guarantees. Now, I would rather die doing good stuff. I'd rather die homeless, myself personally trying to help people than not. I think it's a valiant, and I think the world needs more people sharing your philosophy that do good for others and you can attract better people into your life. And I mean, that is a beautiful philosophy. It's just not guaranteed. And, you know, my struggle with the secret and the law of attraction is that they continue to, to harp on this put good vibes out there and you'll be rewarded. You know, that's the whole philosophy 
behind the secret and the, the law of attraction. You know, like put really good thoughts out there and you'll have checks in the mail. You'll have the Maserati. You'll attract your soulmate. And it's like, come on, guys. I mean, yeah, what do you say to those people in the third world countries, those kids in the third world countries, they're starving. They have like vision boards of like sandwiches and stuff like that. I mean, it's just horrible. I, well, I, you know, and this is, this is, I, and you know, it's funny when, when we wrote the book, positive thinking will never change your life, but this book will, the subtitle is, um, the myth of positive thinking, the reality of success. My editors and, and, and I have a staff of 10. I mean, everyone was very concerned that I might be working in a convenience store or worse pretty soon. <laughs> Once the book came out. Because, they, you know, they go, David, you know, you, you may not have this office in this house anymore. You know, you, you might be. And we, we all laughed about it, but there was some truth to it because we're taking on the gorillas here. You know, we're, we're I mean, for God's sake, I don't know what her attitude about it now is, but, you know, Oprah, and she could still be a huge fan of that stuff. But, let, and I'll tell you something great that happened, Ryan. The, I've been on Jenny McCarthy's show um, on Sirius XM five or six times now over the last couple of years. The very first time I was on the show, Jenny says to me, uh, next up is David Essel. And, oh, my God, David Essel is going to open up a can of worms here. She said, I love positive thinking. But our next guest, David, says it's not real in the world the way we've been taught. And so she brings me on the show, and she said, David, I have to tell you, I love the secret. I love the law of attraction. I'm going to give you three minutes, and I'm going to shut up, and I want you to highlight the biggest parts of your book that we need to know about. And at the end of three minutes, let's talk. So she was open-minded. At the end of three minutes, there was this pause, and she turns to her audience and says, oh, my God, have I been wrong? David Etzel is the new leader of the positive thinking movement. And Ever since that interview, Ryan, we became best friends. You know, as I left the studio that day, she, she, on the air, she goes, will you please be my BFF? Like, you have changed. It was so cute, you know, Ryan. She's going, you have radically changed me in this one-hour interview. I am, and I said, of course, I'll be your BFF. And every time I go back on her show, we talk about something else. But you know, there's, there's, there's a, it's a difficult road, um, but our book did go number one. So it did tell us that the timing of my message was correct. There's still a lot of people doing vision boards and affirmations that are struggling with their weight, addiction, uh, finances. But, you know, it's very tempting because all they're saying is you don't have to do a darn thing. You just make a vision board and, you know, go ahead and do some positive affirmations and the universe must respond in kind. If it was that, if it was that easy, my God, Ryan, all of us would be living in Fiji and the island would have sunk. The fun question I have for you is what is one positive affirmation that you say every day that you recommend other people say every day that would maximize their ability to take control of their life? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I mean, the one that I do is, I, and I use the word God, I say, God, fill me with creative ideas in order to help this world at a deeper level. You know, like, like I want to be more of service. You know, I, I, I want to, and, and sometimes I'm not sure what the next book to write is. Sometimes I'm not sure what the next podcast to do, the next YouTube video. So, I always want to be of service first, and I, I think, Ryan, that if we if we put out affirmations like, how can I serve greater today? How can I be more um, impactful over my children, my work environment, my lover, my friends? I just think that when we're outside of ourselves, that we have the greatest chance for an increase in self-esteem, self-confidence, and positive results in our life. So, the very first affirmation I'd say is get outside of yourself. Look and ask for ways to be of more service. And then the second probably most powerful affirmation that I go through every day is affirmations of gratitude. You know, like uh, this, this is going to be too much information probably, but there's this new test you can do instead of a colonoscopy. And it's called Cologuard. 
and it's it's approved by the FDA and everything. And so who wants to go through a colonoscopy? You know, you get knocked out. You have to take a day off from work. The day before, you got to drink all this crap and all this other stuff. So I went to my doctor, and I said, hey, I want to do this test instead of doing a colonoscopy. He goes, okay, you're old as hell. <laughs> he goes, there's a good chance you're going to have to do the colonoscopy anyway. Long story short, the Cologuard test came back negative. I'm totally fine. So I wake up, and this was a couple months ago, I wake up every day. And I thank God that that test was positive or negative. I thank God for my house, my health, my dog, my family, my, you know, I'm helping to raise a 13-year-old that I pray for every day. She's starting high school in a week and a half. She's scared out of her mind. So, you know, my, my, my first line of, of attack regarding affirmations is how can I be of more service? And then my second line is going to be about statements of gratitude for what I have that I'm so thankful for. And then my third line is to ask for those who I love most dearly to be protected um, in their existence. It's awesome. It's really, really awesome. It's, I'd say that in one uh, quote, I'd say that you, you have a ton of positive energy, and I, I think people got a lot out of this interview today. Mr. David Essel, thank you so much for being with us today. Again, David the number one best-selling author of 10 books, master life coach, international speaker. Goal is to affect 2 million or more people every day in a positive like manner. David's new book, Focus, Drop the Law of Attraction, Slay Your Goals, The Proven Guide to Huge Success, and a Positive Attitude, a Profound One, available now on Amazon. You can go right to his website at David Essel, D-A-V-I-D-E-S-S-E-L.com. David, great honor to have you with us. Really love the interview today. Oh, Ryan, I had a blast, and, and if it's an easier email or a website to remember, they can also go to talkdavid.com, talkdavid.com or davidessel.com. And, Ryan, right now we have a huge sweepstakes going on. They can enter for free. We're giving away $6,000 worth of counseling and coaching materials. And we also have a life coach certification coming up, so they can check all of that out at talkdavid.com. Awesome, David. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Special thanks to our wonderful guest, Mr. David Essel, who manages to keep us all positive despite the fact that the world's run by psychopaths, sociopaths, who probably don't have any good intentions for humanity. We're probably going to see ourselves wiped off the face of the earth. However, before that happens, I think I'm all inspired to be positive and, you know, to think positive and stuff. So I don't know. I thought that was great. To learn, to learn more about the Outer Limits of Tooth Radio Show, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care. Thank you so much for listening.